Welcome back to Minding Our Businesses, where CEO and COO sisters share unfiltered conversation about running three companies together and and the the real real life between it all. Today on Minding Our Businesses, we welcome guest Erica Polsonelli, the owner of Evolve by Erica. Erica is a meditation and yoga teacher based in New York who founded an online membership community based in Kundalini practices. All right. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Your first guest. Oh my God. You're going to go down in history as our first guest. Our first guest ever. I'm honored and so excited. We're honored and we love you so much. You know how much I love you. I'm like obsessed with you. Oh my gosh. Feelings are very mutual. (laughs) Okay. Today we're talking about being the best you you can be through meditation. Something you and I share and love and talk about often. You know, I'm such a big fan of you personally, but also your business. And, you know, I'm just, I feel blessed to just have you in my life as a person that I can go to for all of those things. But why don't we just start by ta- telling everybody a little bit about your business, who you are and what you do, just so they can join in on the fun. Absolutely. Thank you. And you know, feelings are very mutual. I'm so excited to be here. And I, I've just looked up to you guys and what you've created for so many years and it's an honor and I'm so excited for this new journey for you. So thank you. I manifested this with you on your podcast. Yes. Yes. That's right. So you're pretty much part of it. I love that. I love that. That's when you said like, you're going to do a podcast. I love that. Um, yeah. So my name is Erica Polsonelli and this journey for me, I mean, I like to say it started around 2017, but really the journeys, I think from the, maybe the moment we come to earth or maybe even before that, um, I struggled with health anxiety, paranoia, panic attacks. And I came to this space of like, okay, something has got to change. And it was quickly after I moved in with my now husband and um, we moved to Long Beach together near the beach. And I just started to recognize that I really needed a change in my life. And I was, I, we talk about energy all the time, Rachel and I, and I was really wasting so much of my energy by, by worrying. And that was something I was definitely taught and conditioned to do through my family. And um, although it comes from a good place, it's, it's a huge energy waste. So I started to recognize this, recognizing that I needed a change. And I had recently gone plant-based, recently moved near the ocean, which I think both play a really big part in finally being able to receive the message, Erica, you need to start meditating. And I was like, that's interesting because I don't know the first thing about meditation. And sure enough, it found me, my practice found me, and um, it all started with just three minutes of the type of meditation that I teach. It left me completely blissed, euphoric. I always say like post-orgasm vibes, like holy crap, what did I just do? I feel so much relief and so much bliss. And um, and that's how the journey began. And I started practicing every day and then soon wanted to share this with other people. <laughs> Of course. Were you worrying about your health? Like, was that the main concern? Got it. Yes. So it's interesting. Like this, the practice that I practice is called Kundalini and it is called the yoga or meditation of awareness. And what it helps you to do is literally be more aware of your thoughts, more aware of where you're putting your energy, more aware of your, more aware of 
every single thing you do and just more aware of energy around you. So what I started to realize was I took on a coping mechanism of worrying or having anxiety because I thought if I was worrying about it, it wouldn't happen. And I saw this with other people in my family. Um, and it, it was a learned behavior. It may have been something physiological at the time too, but it was definitely a learned behavior that I just took on all of my life until one day I was like, that's enough. I'm not, I could be using this energy to manifest the life I want. Instead, I'm sitting here worrying and thinking and envisioning exactly what I do not want. And I was able to make a tremendous shift, but that yes, it was mostly life. health anxiety. No, honestly, I resonate with everything you're saying. I'm a worry wart literally. And everything you said makes sense, but I find it hard to like take that turn. I feel like you really did it. So yeah, this is interesting. And you're reminding me of a really important part. So as I implemented this practice, I also started brain training myself. So I, like I said, this practice helps you to have more awareness over your thoughts. So I would be, I would have that awareness. Oh, this thought came in, this terrible thought that I do not want to manifest, something that's making me have this like fight or flight response in my body. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling nervous. I would stop myself right there and I would say, Erica, you're not wasting your time thinking about something that doesn't exist that's negative. Let's turn it to something that may not exist that's positive. So you can move in the right direction and start the momentum in the right direction. So this was work that was going on inside my brain pretty much all day, every day, because if you linger with a thought from more than seven to like about 13 seconds, it starts to become an emotion and then it has more momentum. It starts to grow. It starts to take over. You start to feel it in your body and it becomes part of your experience. But if you're able to have that awareness over your thoughts, stop it in its tracks before it lingers and turns more into an emotion, giving you that physical response in the body, you're more quickly able to bounce out of it. Would you say like when you get that lingering feeling of worry, like, and you're trying to, you know, stop it in its tracks, what happens if you can't? Is that when you practice the art of meditation every day to like kind of get your brain in the momentum to not get there? Okay. That's a really good question. So sometimes, sometimes the thought becomes so big, it does, it comes into our body and we literally feel it. And those who might follow me on Instagram have definitely seen this before. Rachel definitely has. But um, for those of that don't, I want to share something really powerful and important. Literally moving your body in any way that you feel guided. But what I like to do is stand up and literally shake my body, oh my God, shaking so that powerful. energy out. I oh love doing it at the beach. Like I love it in nature. If you could ground, whether you're in the ground, or the sand outside. I love it outside, but you could do it anywhere you are. Just start to shake and literally feel yourself release that energy out of your body through movement while you're taking conscious breaths in. Taking aura sweeps is a really good thing to do. So inhaling the arms up over your head, exhale, fold forward at the waist and sweep the energy and arms back. You're using your body as this instrument, which it is, to manipulate energy, whether it's bringing in the energy that you want to feel or whether it's releasing and clearing out what needs to go. So that would be my go-to. I think a very powerful breath work as well would be great for when you start to feel those emotions take over. And then that's where we get into like the very specifics of the practice because there's a different breath work for anything you could need. And there I would guide you to a releasing one. 
Because I, um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I get the same worry over and over again. Yeah. And like, I feel like my brain sometimes will like trick me to thinking mm-hmm. like I want these things to happen or I want these worries to happen. Well, like per what she's saying, it's almost like you've let the emotion linger Take for too over. long. And you're just like, and I'll like look at the clock and it will be like the same time. And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to think about that thing I was thinking about. And I'm just like, this is so annoying. Well, it's <laughs> like, cyclical. It's you're, annoying. You're not breaking the cycle. Yeah. I want to share two things about that. So when a thought comes into my head, or even if I say out loud something I do not want to manifest, I say cancel clear. And like Vinny, my husband will joke and be like, cancel clear, cancel clear. And I'm like, no, seriously, like we are cutting that energy and canceling it because that is not, I'm letting the universe know that I spoke out of a space of fear and that is not what I want. You can redirect yourself. Well, I won't even say them out loud anymore. Rachel has said like, I, well, try- I actually like her advice better yeah. than the advice I've given you because it's a little bit more realistic. Like I've trained my brain to not say the things out loud because yeah. I, you know, I'm at that point in manifestation where I'm like, I know it's so real. I don't want to put that energy into the universe, but I think there's stages of it. I think Erica's advice is actually a little bit more practical <clears throat> instead of it just not being something you say out loud, say it out loud, but then cancel clear. I say shields up. I think everybody oh, like has their own. Like, she does, yeah. And Mike actually also knows. He says it too. He's like, shields up, shields up, shields up. I'm I like, love yep, it. Up. I love it. I just, hold on. I just want to go back to something you said because I thought it was really powerful and it's really practical for people to just immediately apply to their life, shaking out the energy. Mm. I think like, you know, it can be so annoying to preach about like working out or like do this movement or do that. It can be so much at once. Like when you're like meditate, do yoga, do all these things. It does it can be so much easier than that. Like for me, the shaking sometimes when I'm meditating and kind of getting into my practice, that's super important to me. And I look like a psycho and I know mm-hmm. it, but I let go of that. And, you know, like I'll put my hands on my knees and I'll just kind of like shake my spine, shake my spine. And like my meditation coach a long time ago taught me to like make my spine, um, an, a snake and to yes. imagine the snake, like exiting my head or my, my butt. That's the Kundalini energy, <laughs> the serpent energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're just going right to the butt, what um, is, love it. but yeah, I like that advice a lot because I think it's super quick to feel that energy shaking out of your, your bone, your body, your bones, every part of you. What is both of your definition of meditation? Like for people that don't know or, or don't understand or haven't done it before. Well, I think that the thing, there's so many different ways you can apply that question. Personally, I think like you can go down the path, Erica, you know, tell me if you agree of being like, you know, meditation could be anything. I think that's a really broad answer. Like I find meditation in looking at my daughter and looking in her eyes. You know, sometimes I can like go to a different place when I'm looking in her eyes, but if we're, for the sake of this conversation, I think we should focus on meditation as breath work. And I think it should be a little bit less general because I think you and I, what we share in common is the love of breath work and how it gives you the ability to float above your body. So my personal definition is something that's repetitive that makes you feel good. But on top of all of that, I would say it's breath work that pulls my entire soul out of my physical body to rise above my life and to analyze and like feel these things release deeply. Yeah. That would be my my practical definition. 
I totally agree with you um, on your first round of definition because it's so true. Everyone could have their own, everyone should and can have their own way of practicing meditation, whether it's a formal meditation in the morning as Rachel and I practice or whether it's doing, I don't know. I always say like my husband fishing, like that might be his meditation. It could be, it could be anything, but what I, how I would define meditation And I think, Rachel, you did it beautifully. I would add, too, that um, it's a practice you come to in order to discover yourself more deeply Mm. and align yourself to the frequency of love and your truth. So having that time to escape. God, that was poetic. (laughs) I'm going to go back. Well, that was poetic. I mean, it was beautiful. That was beautiful. Well, I think Thank people you. think about like everyone who has anxiety or like you see things on social media and you're comparing yourself and you're like not a lot of people aren't good at communicating. So they, they hold all of this like stuff inside their bodies and their brain. It builds up and it builds up and then you don't know who to go to and you feel silly. Like, and one of the questions I have leading up to this too is like, what happens if your significant other thinks like meditation is silly or like people don't understand it. Like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, it's a very important topic. I think, I think we're very lucky because we're entering a time where the frequency on the planet is changing. And I remember having a vision years ago, like how fitness is the, I don't want to say the new thing, but everyone started to have a fitness routine or workout routine. And if you go back decades ago, that wasn't really happening. And I felt in my soul and I saw in a vision that that the next thing was meditation and that would become more mainstream where people access okay. and it would be less woo-woo. And there are still, it's interesting because in the realm that we float around in, to me, it's like, oh, everyone meditates. Everyone's doing this. And sometimes I have to shake myself out of that and be like, no, 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 people still need help getting there. I agree with you. Sometimes. I float around the planet and I'm like, everybody knows what I felt this morning or everybody is in this dimension as me. And it's kind of like this weird slap. I think after you've done it for years and years, you get to this place, like this level where you do start to think that way. And it can be, I think, almost a little bit blinding. Like it makes me a little naive sometimes. And I do have to check myself. And, you know, Carly's a really good check for me of these types of things because, I think that's a level you get to, right? Mm-hmm. But I love that Carly's reaction was yes to the same thing you said because she's like, yes, like people are still, you know, I don't think people know. And I agree with you about like, I think, I don't know if it was COVID or after COVID, but like, I agree with you. People had like fitness routines and yeah. I don't know if it was TikTok well, either. I don't think people were well, you guys. Yeah. No. People like have not well. They're like yeah. not, they're not okay. I'm like watching people you know, I hate not to get somber, but I just had a friend who committed suicide, you know, like it's people are not well. And I see that they need to turn to something. And, you know, I think in my positivity, I look at that as part of the awakening of people entering into the fifth dimension and coming into the 5d world and getting out of that 3d, like fast paced misery. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we all know that meditation is a really incredible platform and tool to be able to get yourself there to a better place. And like with depression and anxiety too, like, you know, this is a controversial thing. I'll say, of course, I believe in it. Of course, I know that it exists. Of course, I know there's chemical aspects to it. I do have a part of me that does believe that if you were to take on a meditation practice, a holistic practice, that you could find 
some internal cures for yourself. I think a lot of people think that too. I think so. I think, you know, of course I'm not, but I'm not discrediting mental illness. It exists. I'm just saying that there are tools that are free and really accessible that can be super helpful to you. I experienced that firsthand with my, with my anxiety and my panic attacks, also my GI issues. And I am a completely different person than where I started when I first found this practice. And that's why it's become such an important part of my life and important part of my journey because I I saw that firsthand. Everyone's case is different, as you were saying. And do I think everyone can meditate problems away? No, but do I think this can help dramatically and significantly 1 million percent. Because at the end of the day, what you discover in this practice is that everything you need, everything you need, I'm going to repeat it one more time. Everything you need is within you. Everything. I'm I'm a big believer in finding it within yourself because sometimes you're a hard worker. You can't get things from outside resources always. So you have to work yeah. hard to find the answers yourself. Well, it's that clarity. Meditation you, for me is that clarity. And when you find the answers yourself, sometimes you solve it better than somebody else can. Well, yeah, because so you your own head. Yeah. So Erica, we, it's so we've true. Brought- and to finish, I just wanted to finish that, that yeah. thought about like significant others or someone else in your life thinking oh, yeah. that it's woo or it's weird. What, what starts to happen is that you start to embody all of your energy. You start to step into this space. You start to glow different. You start to act different. You start to respond to people differently. And that is felt and observed and experienced by everyone around you. It may trigger some people because the light can trigger a lot of people. But well, if, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are ready for your evolution and who are supporting your evolution, they're going to get behind you and support you. My husband was definitely concerned when I was chanting for hours, waking him up chanting. I love He was him. concerned. Guys but don't even he's know. watched. They need to know about Vinny. Like Vinny is, first of all, <laughs> Vinny is my friend from, from college, from Hofstra. Erica and I have known each other for 12, 13 years now, I would say like just through, you know, through Vinny and just through our personal experiences together. Um, Vinny is incredible, but Vinny is definitely very different than you in the best way possible. And so like, and Mike, you know, is similar to me, but also has his differences. And I think both of us have spouses who have seen us go through this evolution from not meditating, meditating, and they are an important part of that journey. For me personally, like, I think what you said couldn't be more accurate. Like I, Mike never was someone who meditated or found mindfulness or did journaling practices or, you know, listened to podcasts about spirituality. And at first I was on this journey alone. So I think that can be difficult because it is a personal journey. It's something you have to do sort of on your own. And then I agree with you. Once you start to radiate that light, once you start to glow in that way, it becomes an attraction. I think it improves your relationship. I I will say makes you go through a a time though, where it kind of makes your relationship also a little bit rocky. And the only reason I say that is because when I was deep in meditation and Mike was not, I was so profoundly inside my head that I looked at him and I was like, if you do not jump on this bandwagon, like, I don't know if we'll see eye to eye all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I'm living in a different dimension. So you know, being the forceful hurricane that I am, I, I did, you know, start teaching Mike about what 
5D was and living in 5D and what that mentality was like. That was where I started with kind of pulling him into my realm. After he started learning about 5D, his anxiety started to calm. And then he started to be like, I want to know more. Like, tell me more about this. Well, it makes sense. When you can't like fight something that's good for, I mean, you can fight something that's good for you. You certainly can. You can, but like you can't, you can't actually have a legit argument when there's things that can better you, you know? People can fight it all day long, but I mean, you guys have watched it work for yourselves. Erica, you said something about when you started to meditate, you became like a different version of yourself, right? And you started to feel that tangibly. And that's something that motivates you to continue. So like, can you talk a little bit about how you felt that inside of your relationship, but then also how you felt that personally and sort of professionally, and that's what kind of drove you to keep going? Yeah, I have such chills as you say that because I think it's so important for people to understand that this practice is not just for us. I mean, it brings us so much individually, but what we start to see is this impact with every single person we encounter and it truly ripples out. But in the ways that I started to see this shift, um, there are moments where I have this almost out-of-body experience being like, wow, Erica a few months ago would have responded to that this way. Erica now sees that through a lens of 5D energy and love without an ego and is able to respond from a place of love, no matter how deep the trigger can be. So you literally have these moments of like, oh shit, look at me. (laughs) Like, wow. Wow. Like this is, it's like you literally see the growth within yourself in these, just these little experiences, how you react to a trigger, how you react to maybe an argument in a relationship or how you respond to someone who's not driving the way you wish they would on a road. Everything changes. That's always a great test of 5D is road rage. Everything changes. I wonder if I started meditating, if my road rage would die. Well, no, it it would. It's not just about meditating. So, okay. We've said 5D a few times here, right? Yeah. And let's just explain to everyone listening, because this was not shared common knowledge about what 5D is. So, you know, do you want to kind of take your, give your take on it and then I'll chime in? Absolutely. So what I see 5D is, is a shift in consciousness where we, we live in a 3D realm. So it's important. It's hard for me sometimes, but it's important. I have to remind myself that I do have to be part of this realm because I'm living this earthly experience, which is beautiful. And 5D is transitioning into coming out of fear into a space of love coming out of a space of competition or lack and coming into a space of abundance, of your birthright being peace, of your birthright being happiness, of your birthright being bliss and knowing that you deserve that Mm -hmm. and that that is something that you can achieve here on earth or bringing heaven on earth. So that's my interpretation of it. Well, that was a beautiful interpretation. I don't even think that was an interpretation. That was the definition of it, like in in the simplest terms. And if you have to kind of visually think about 5D, 5D is real. This is not like a concept we're talking about. There is 3D, which is physical. It's the physical life. It's easy to get caught in the day-to-day, like the stress, the bullshit, the, the fights, the negative. That's when you're in like a speedy kind of like fucked up mentality, you're living in the 3D universe. 4D is sort of like this floating in between, between 5D and 3D. I, I don't know, in my, in my books, it like always kind of describes it as like 
space. Like it's, it, there's never like much talk about 4D, but 5D is rising above your life. 5D is, is everything you said. It's loving awareness and coming from a place of loving awareness. But a lot of the times in my studies, I find that like 3D is necessary for 5D to exist. Yeah. So yeah. basically well, like- that makes sense. We need the dimensions. You can't compare it to anything. Because if you lived in, because I was just going to ask both of you, like when you have your channels of going in between 3D and 5D, you're comparing to, okay, I could have done this better. The contrast. It's kind of like work too, because you're like in business, it's the same thing. 100%. Like you got you to gotta compare to what you did before to get better issues or opportunities. Exactly. So it just, it makes sense. But 5D is a beautiful place to live. I think when you connect meditation and living in 5D, meditating helps you live in 5D just to mm -hmm. kind of like connect those two for everybody listening. It's, you know, living in 5D is the gift that meditation brings to you. And so yes. for me, like my motivation on a day-to-day -day basis to wake up at 4.30 before the sun has risen and my body is too tired to even function is because having that taste of 5D living in that world motivates me to meditate. Do you guys believe that people live in 5D without meditating? Can you elaborate on that? That's a really interesting question, actually. How did you interpret that? What do you mean? So if they don't have a meditation practice, can they still achieve 5D? Oh, and I, I think, yes. is that what you meant, Carly? Yeah. 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 I think, honestly, I think that would go back to the very general um, definition of meditation, like Rachel and I shared earlier. I do believe Agreed. that. I think, I think there are some very evolved souls. Listen, I had to come here. I had to do a lot of work to undo generational programs, trauma patterns that were keeping me small. So I had to show up every day. I had to tune into a very challenging practice. I will call Kundalini challenging, oh, although definitely. I think I've helped make it very much more approachable. It is a challenging practice. I had to do intense work to be in that space and to dip into that space. Right. But I do think there are people that maybe have done lifetimes of work before they are here in this lifetime and they're able to kind of enjoy. I honestly see my husband as one of those people where like, although he doesn't have a meditation practice, it doesn't mean I'm more evolved than he is. Everyone's on their own journey. And um, that's such an interesting question, but I do it's think that's possible. Ladies, I am like it's something smart. You honestly, are smart. You are. No one was doubting that ever. I don't think Joe meditates, but he is so even. Like he just like lives in this world. Well, um, there are some people who I think escape. It depends what your lifestyle is like yeah. too. You know, like I have this friend who's just, she's, you know, just a light. She's, but she doesn't meditate. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. And I always look at her and I'm like, you're so like cute and bubbly and happy. and happy and laughing. And I look at her and I, sometimes I think, you know, she is pure meditation, but again, yeah. I like that you went back to that topic of conversation because it is what you find meditation in, right? So like yeah. maybe she finds it in socializing, maybe she finds it in a walk. It depends. Like, but I think it's all about how you adapt meditation and living in 5d to your lifestyle. It's cool. Um, Definitely. But I, like it. but I would agree, like kind of going back a little bit to the concept of coming in and out of 5D, we, we need 3D to live in mm -hmm. 5D. And I value those moments. I had one recently, you know, like I had a little bit of a medical procedure and I was like, 
in a fear-based mindset. And it happens, you know, like you go in and out, you have ups and downs. I have moments where anxiety closes in on me, but then I have the practice. I have mm-hmm. the tools. I have the Palo Santo. I, I, I do my <laughs> thing. I wake up early. I know how to get myself out. When you post the Palo Santo, people text me and oh ask God. if my sister's smoking a blunt Pregnant. at 4am. Pregnant. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I'm like, I wish. Who asks that? I would. <laughs> I agree though. I definitely agree. And we have those moments. It's kind of like, I I like to call 5D my higher self. Like when I'm tapped into the 5D realm, I am in alignment with my higher self. I am in alignment with truth. I know that only love is real and exists. And I, there are moments where I'm living in that. And then there's those fear moments as well. But I think what's most important, and it goes back to our conversation of how this can help anyone, no matter what, what they're what Mm -hmm. their issue is at this moment. It's being able to clear out any of the emotions that are stored, clear out the fear that's coming up so that you can expand beyond it. And the, and the practice helps us to actually create new neuro pathways. So instead of thinking those thoughts of fear, you know that there's another option. You know that there is a another stream of thought on a different frequency than the thought of fear. You could expand that thought and feed into that energy. And that's really what it brings. And and that's how it can benefit anyone. Well, because I was going to say and that. science, because Carly and I have talked about that before, because she's had like open and honest conversations with me about like, how do I get rid of these worries? And we used to fight about it because like she would say things out loud and I'd be like, Carly, stop. And sometimes I still feel like I can't control them. And that yeah. I, I, And I try to explain it to Joe, which he's my fiance, but he doesn't get it. And then I feel silly because I'm like, why is my brain wired this way? And then I, you know, like listening to both of you talk in this conversation though, I I feel like I have tools to kind of, you know, solve those issues on my own and try it. Well, you're not doing the work, the thing that's it's a hundred percent. And I have no problem saying that. I w- can I give you like first two steps that you could start with without even touching a meditation practice? I'd love that. And I think a lot of our listeners would love that as well. I think a lot of people struggle with this and how you said there's repetitive fears, almost like the same ones that constantly come up. I think that you should take a moment the next time it comes up to say either, cause you're saying that you're saying this in your mind and not out loud anymore, which is great. That's, that's probably the first step, but it's still existing. That energy still existing. And we want to stop it here and now because we're done with it. You're sharing because you're tired of it. You know that there's another way and you're ready to release this. So the next time that thought comes in, I would say universe, guides, or just maybe you're not declaring this to anyone but yourself. I am done with that thought process. It no longer serves me. I know that it is not real and I'm choosing another thought to bring in and then bring in something that brings you the exact opposite of that dirty, gross little thought that's creeping in. So say mine would be, I'm not well. Like if I was worrying about my health and thinking I was not well or something was wrong, I would say I am in perfect health and I would affirm it and affirm it. And then anytime that dirty little thought comes back, you affirm and you switch it. Well, I love that too, because it's like, you're kind of doing the opposite with the negative thoughts. So when you switch it to a positive thought, it's almost like, okay, maybe my brain will just go to positive thoughts instead of the negative. And that's literally what happens. That literally starts to happen. 
think about it. If you can wire your brain to consistently go to a negative thought, then you can wire your brain to consistently go to a positive thought. And it's so silly. Like they come from fears of like things that have happened to other people I know, or I've heard stories of other people. And then I think, oh, okay, that's going to happen to me or this. I think I know what people are going to, I don't know. I don't want to say it out loud. Sorry. Um, I she think, thinks she knows how people will die. Yeah. I, th- I always think I know how people will die. And then I like in my head, like think to myself, oh, you know, I want that to happen because I keep thinking about it. And then I'm like, I'm a really bad person. You're not at all. But then listening to you talk, I, I and I have to say TikTok has made me feel less weird because I other people have the same fears and it makes me feel like I'm normal. I think that there's a really big discussion we could have here, and I'm just going to touch the surface of it, being an empath. And that's feeling deeply what other people are going through. And sometimes when we're an empath, we actually take it on and it starts to almost, we make it part of our reality when it doesn't have to at all. And what I've learned about being an empath from my own personal experience is I empathize so much with these people. I felt it so deeply. And that was almost my way of carrying their struggle for them and sending them love. But what I've learned to do, and I I offer this to you because it may help and anyone else who's listening, because I think a lot of people experience this, taking a moment to, in Rachel's term, shield up, literally feel a protective shield, listen, but not take it on in your body. And I can't really tell you how to do that. You kind of have to experiment with yourself. But what I do is when I hear something that I know I will take on, I force out an exhale to push the energy away. And then I take a deep inhale and send love and light there, divine love and light. So not necessarily mine, but this divine energy that can support them, that's abundant, that is never drained, that's always filling up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's my part. Instead of holding it for them and carrying it, I push out an exhale. I take an inhale of light and I send them a prayer, an intention, peace, a light, whatever it may be. I like that. Replacing. Replacing is like the easiest way you can put it is just like simply put when you have the thought, replace it with something more beautiful. I like it. It's not that I don't have the worries. Like, and as a mom, I will tell you guys, like there's a whole new stream of worries that come through. Well, that got worse. I have that that when I had a baby, I'm sure it did. And you know, like, I don't want those thoughts directed at my daughter from you or from anybody or, and especially obviously. Well, no, I, cause I believe so much in energy that if somebody's thinking it, you know, I even worry about what somebody's thinking. Well, don't say that. You know, I know I I do. That's how deeply I believe in manifestation. So, you know, of course, as a mom, when you hear like a horrifying story, you immediately apply it to your life and you're like, I would literally not be okay. I hate that. You know, it's awful. And so the worry amplifies. And I will say in motherhood, I've had to really challenge myself even more on my beliefs. And, you know, when those thoughts creep into my head, like you're saying, Erica, I replace them with visualizations. And I think that's a theme you've kind of brought up a few different times that I just want to like point out here. You know, you're talking about shaking out the energy. I visualize, I'm not just physically doing it. I am also mentally visualizing the negative thoughts exiting my body, the negative energy leaving my body. When I am having a worry, worry-filled thought, I am visually thinking of myself replacing that with love and light. And, and I actually oftentimes visually and imagine myself wrapping Lily in white protective light. 
And it's something that I think about often in all my meditations. I'm gen generally wrapping people in white light, actually. Yeah. And now that I kind of touch yeah. that thought and I think about my house is wrapped in white protective light and, you know, my business is wrapped in white protective light. And it's like these little things, these little self rituals that you find. I also really respect and love that you said, I can't tell you what those things are. Because it's it true. is a practice. You have to yeah. do it within yourself. So yeah. that just makes me respect you even more because meditation is not something you force on somebody else. It's not something we're saying to all these listeners, you must do this this way. It's saying, you know, this is what works for us and what we have found makes our lives more beautiful. I hope it, it does that for you too. I think a lot of what we just shared, the accessing white light, sending divine energy, all of this requires some type of faith and belief that there's something greater than us. And yep. that's what I lacked my whole entire life, especially at right before this journey. I thought like you live on this earth, you walk around, you do your earthly thing, and then that's it. Like it's over. And what I believe now is a complete 180. It helps you to bring in faith and knowing that there's something greater than you. And for those, and this ties into your next question of where to begin, maybe today you just begin by talking to something that's bigger than you, whether it be energy, whether it be your spirit guides, whether it be your angels, whether I love talking to the universe. And sometimes I'm like, yo, uni, like it's my BFF, like uni, what's up today? Like, let's do this together. But, uni, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah, talking I call to the university. I like it. Before they we kind me. of into like how to start and all these things, because there's a million answers. I just want to be super clear. I want to make sure this isn't coasted over. You know, you're the owner of Evolve by Erica. You are a meditation coach. You literally do this for a living, which is why you're on this podcast today. And you have made a career out of doing something you're super passionate about and frankly, really great at. And in a lot of the ways that you've spoken today, I think it sounds like you you even have you know therapeutic backgrounds. I think it can even be a replacement for that type of kind of therapy or those, those ways of communication within yourself or with somebody else. So I just want to be clear too. The first way to start that I often tell people, I'm such a big believer and advocate of you is you can start with a guided meditation, like on an app, like insight timer, it's free or like YouTube. You don't have access to resources that like, like, like Erica, but to me, my real answer on how to start a lot of the times to people is you to be honest with you. And I'm not making this a shameless plug, but like you. you've got to sometimes start with a coach and yeah. truthfully, like that's one of my secrets to success in my entire career is I've always had someone who I looked up to as a mentor who I've worked with to teach me their ways. And it had to be someone I really respected. I think the word coach is often thrown around way too delicate or not delicately, loosely, Much? loosely, <laughs> too loosely. Like everyone's like, I'm a coach. I did this. I'm like, did you do it yourself? And like, I, yeah. I, I did it myself. I was just going to do it. I did it myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you did it yourself. You overcame the anxiety, you know? And so, you know, not yeah. to kind of continuously gas you up, but I think one really great place to start is with a coach like Erica. Yeah. But the way you speak about it is different. The way that you explain it is different. Because... Erica just slaps, Carly. No, well, you can relate. <laughs> you can relate to the feeling. And that's what I, th I understand your point about coaches is because like, I like when people overcome something and then can explain it to me in the way that they did it. But well, then yeah, that's also, logical, mislogical. But, but then also you allow me to find my own way to do it. And you're not like yeah. pushing your way. I like that a lot. 
That so, wouldn't yeah. be very 5D of me. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're, she's just a true, she's a guru. But no, I, I, you know, I had a meditation coach who was, first of all, my first meditation coach was really my dad who was, you know, studied under a Taoist priest. You and I have lightly talked about Taoism yes. and it's like a really beautiful practice. And then when I opened the businesses or when I was beginning to open the businesses, you know, I signed on with a Buddhist monk who I met with weekly and he taught me, like I pretty much went through yoga teacher training and I met with him weekly and was taught breath work. And it's not something that I just like one day adopted and was like, oh my God, like this is within me. I, learned. <laughs> like yeah. I read books about it. I still educate myself about meditation and still have gurus and spiritual guides. And, you know, that's part of it. That's part of the place to start is education. Right. Logically I, speaking. I totally agree. And I feel like for meditation, it can feel a lot of people won't approach it because they automatically think they won't be able to quiet their mind or they right. won't be able, they don't know what to do. And yeah. And in the way that I teach, I think it's really exciting that like you don't have to quiet your mind and you're not sitting there doing nothing. I'm actually going to ask you to think about certain things. I'm going to ask you to guide your thoughts in certain ways so we could retrain the mind. And I'm going to have you focus on your breath. And each breath work, as I was telling Carly earlier, has a different intention. So if you need to calm your body, I'm going to give you one type of breath work. If you want to energize, if you want to clear emotions from the past, if you want to be a radiant abundant being. There's all different meditations for that. So I definitely agree. I think it's so important to have people around you that can teach you and guide you. And I do think they're before investing. And like, if you, like Rachel said, if you don't have the means starting to just open that line of communication with the universe, ask for some signs, and then find someone that you truly feel in alignment with. And that's what guided me to start the membership, to make this very approachable and affordable for anyone who wants to do meditation. Yeah. Whether whether you meditate want to meditate for five minutes a day, whether you want to meditate for 45 minutes a day, I created Evolve by Erica, which is a subscription, and it's $25 a month, which I wanted it to be like we're in New York. So that's like less than one class typically. And you got that for the month where you can access so many different types of meditations. I now have audio meditations, movement meditations, breathwork meditations, mantra meditations. The list goes on. It's like it's ever growing and anyone can go there and access it. I actually just revamped the first seven days so people can feel very structured and guided. Like here are your first seven days. Tell me how you feel because that's all that. what we needed. That's that a, a good great deal. deal. Well, also if you think about it, like the price you get to pay for being around your energy, like whether that's virtual or, you know, in person, whatever that is, like to be able to soak you in for $25 a month <laughs> to people. No, I really mean it. And I think, I think that, um, these are really great ways for people to start, like know whoever you are. But one thing you said that I really loved is the concept of people thinking that you need to quiet your mind to meditate. I've heard that a lot because people obviously see online that I meditate a lot and that I go deep in my mind and I'm really into all these things. And they're always like, these are the things I hear. They're like, I really want to be like you and do those things. Or I really want to be obsessed with meditation like you are. Or I would do this, but I can't because I can't sit there quietly. I don't sit there quietly. I, I'm, you're so right. Like when I'm meditating in the morning, there are times 
where I'm so clear because I'm in my meditation, but because I'm so clear, my brain is typewriting and I'm like getting these ideas. I have to sometimes get my phone and my note section, my note section is like psychotic and I have to like jot these things down. (laughs) So like, I have to like pour. So it's, it's like a combo, you know, like I'm sitting there in breath work and sometimes yes, for a full hour, I will float above my body and just do breath work. But then other times I will. And like, I think it's so cool to challenge myself to like, see how long and how deep I can go into a meditation. Well, cause you're shutting off one part of your brain and maybe turning on a different one. Well, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like it, again, it's that contrast of like quieting to get loud yeah. kind of thing. That's yes. why I'm a visionary. Yes. That's why I can always come up with these ideas. But in COVID, when I invented Sleepy Tie, I was actually challenging myself to do two hour silent meditations in stillness. And I was trying to see for how long, despite any discomfort or whatever, I could like actually not move and actually just breathe and not speak. I think I had gotten to like two hours and 25 minutes was the longest I had ever done in silence and stillness. It was a big challenge. But then because of that silence and stillness, I created an invention called sleepy tie because I was so clear. You know what I mean? So people are like, how did you invent that? I'm like, well, I literally did it in my meditation chair. So it's like always hard to answer these questions because it's all so deep rooted in meditation. Well, it's connected a hundred percent. All of it. Literally everything you said makes sense. Yeah. And it comes back to perspective because I could totally hear someone being like, I don't have time for two hours of doing nothing. I, and I'm using air quotes as I say nothing. I don't have time to meditate for two hours or I need to work so hard and I, and, and bring in whatever, but really that's your vehicle to get everything that you need to put out. Yeah. To slow down. That's where the best thoughts come through. I hate when people say I don't have time. That's such an excuse. Everyone has time if you make time. Well, then immediately the first thing that pops into my head is like, listen to your language. Your language is that that would be my first response is you're, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but like, if your language is negative, if you're saying I can't, I won't, I don't, I can't, I'm not, I immediately know that that's true. But you're free of time that you're using worrying. And you said something at the beginning of the podcast of just like, you spent so much time worrying. You were like, something's got to change. Then now you kind of shifted where you were spending your time. And now you have all of this abundance and like light that's coming to you that makes you feel positive and not negative. So in in reality, you just shifted where your time was going. She shifted. She shifted. Exactly. And when Rachel, when you said um, people want to love meditation, I just like, if you're listening right now and you're one of those people that want to love meditation, I'm so excited for you because it's literally the best most blissful, euphoric feeling in the world. And you can love it once you find the type of meditation that works for you. And that's what I found in Kundalini and how special this practice is to me. It it was exactly what I needed. So if you tried one type of meditation and it didn't work for you, I even have people who tried Kundalini before and it didn't align with them. And then they tried my style or how I share it. Just continue to trial, continue to learn, continue to try different things until you find your, I want to say gateway in some meditation, because maybe it starts with sound, listening to sound. Maybe it starts with breath. Like I really, that's how I started. What is is it? Yeah. What, what is your definition? Okay. So there's a few different definitions. So 
I'm going to start with the Kundalini energy that lives within us. We'll start there because it it's in all of us, whether we realize it or not. This is our highest potential energy. And as Rachel said earlier, her um, her teacher shared visualizing that snake uncoiling and going up through the chakras to the crown of the head. That's our Kundalini energy that lives within us, our highest potential energy, the energy that has the ability to heal, the energy that helped me heal myself from my own mind, my own anxieties. Um, and the energy that helps us to release what's not serving us anymore, emotional blockages, traumas, stored emotions. And then we practice kundalini yoga or meditation to activate the energy that's already within us. So what I teach is the vehicle to be able to kind of light the match and it's allow a, yourself to step into nope. your higher self. It's a type of yoga. It's a type of breath work. It's a, it. it's a, it's a, Version. It's just a different version of meditation that you felt well, enticed like, to. Show us some yeah. breath work in Kundalini. Like some, why don't you take us through a breath? So my favorite one is where we breathe in deeply through the nose, long and deep, one long deep breath in through the nose. And then eight powerful breaths out through the mouth. <laughs> Open my eyes, Erica, and Carly wasn't doing it. And I literally just lost my shit for a second. I'm sorry. I she wasn't. Know we were actively she doing, wasn't it. doing it. You and I went both deep and we were both with our eyes shut. And then I quickly opened my eyes and she was just like this. I, I do what I want when I want <laughs> I you to. I didn't know. I was I like, I could myself. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. one of my favorite um, breath works to do. And you know, it's funny. So I, I'm a place where I actually don't name things, you know, the way I am. I just kind of like, Yes. So that's one of the, uh, and I also do, is that breath of fire? Breath of fire is a powerful in and out through the nose. Yeah. 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 I can't do that pregnant. Um, no. but uh, yeah, definitely not. But, um, and like one thing I just did when I was doing that breath, although I can't do it very well right now is I was, you know, sucking in as I was doing the, the exhales and it felt so clearing. What does that do? Like just clears okay. your mind. So I want to tell you because we could get so nerdy. Um, okay. So the really cool nerdy stuff about Kundalini, which guided me to go and learn about it and have a teacher training in it, is that our nostrils are actually an input station to our brain. So we have nerve endings in there oh. that literally compute, telling the brain what it should do. And the same that. thing with the palate of the mouth. So when we're chanting mantra and I was not open to mantra at first. It felt very woo-woo to me. Now it's one of my favorite things to do in the morning, chanting and just, again, so much bliss. But our tongue taps different areas of the palate that then tells the brain what to do as well. So that one in particular, the one in, the eight out, is for bringing all the elements of the body back into balance, clearing stress from the body allowing us to tap into our creative flow and releasing the incessant chatter that gets in the way of that. Got it. That makes sense. Like sets your intention. Well, it's, it's a reset yeah. breath. Yeah. And I will say I've really noticed in my practice too, how different pieces of breath work definitely deeply affect my mind. Like I'll do that type of breath work when I'm like really needing to like get, not pick up my phone and really yeah. go deep into my brain and like really kind of reset. But then other times I'll just sit there and I'll do, um, what is it called? Pryonara. What's the ocean breath? Oh, Ujjayi breath? Ujjayi breath, yes. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm literally just made up a name. See, it's like, like I, a dictionary. Well, no, like I don't I don't go by 
definitions and like she's perfect for me. Uh, that's because, what I'm saying. Yeah. She's just like a dictionary. Is that why you went plant-based? Because you said palate had something to do with her or is that has nothing to do with she's food. just ethically intelligent? Oh. No, honestly, I was guided to go plant-based a little bit out of fear because I heard all these amazing stories about people healing their bodies by having a plant-based diet. And I was like, well, if I'm always worried about not being my healthiest, I want to go plant-based so I could just be my healthiest self. But there was a reason. So that fear was transmuted because it connected me so much to earth and to myself and it lightens you. You know, it's not as heavy. You're, you become much lighter and literally lighter, like filled with sunlight because the plants sprout from the sun. Um, and that's what had me available to meditation. Sometimes there has to be a change we do. Sometimes a life event will trigger us to be available to like our spiritual journey, our meditation practice, but that played a huge role in it for me. And after that, it was all transmuted out of fear into like connectedness. That's cool. That was a beautiful way of putting it. I now only eat chicken very occasionally. (laughs) And because I was having a lot of trouble getting protein, especially pregnant, it was a whole problem for me. But also when I, I think when I started to go deeper into my meditation, it's when I started to eliminate a lot of meat in my diet because I felt more connected to living beings. And I, you know, like, I, of course I still care about the chickens dying, but you know, it's just like, I wanted to eliminate as much as I could out of my diet to give back to the universe in as many ways as I could. So I totally I know. with that. It's yeah, it's hard. And I see a lot of people now, um, you know, transitioning back and implementing, like, I think it's so important. We listen to our body and really tune into what we need and then make choice, make our most conscious choice, whether people eat meat or not, just allowing ourselves to do what our body needs in the most conscious way. And I think that plant-based served me. It, it helped me to get to where I am 100%. And I'm always checking in, like, is my body getting what it needs? Do I need to implement more? Um, because I feel the same way as you. What always stops me is like, oh, the animals. Um, but it's sad. also That's important to like, listen to that. I like I cannot eat bacon or a pig and it's not because I don't like the taste. I like it. I, I do. And so, like recently I had something accidentally in my meal that I, I ate pig and it really bothered me because I found out pigs are as intelligent as dogs and that yeah. they feel and that Stop. when they squeal, me sad. Well, I'm sorry. It's just a fact. I'm not trying to turn one off, but, and like, I don't like the concept of lamb as a mother. Like I would never take a lamb away from a, a mother and kill it for my meat. I don't need the meat that bad. Like Arby's, we have the meat. You don't. <laughs> okay. We're done. What do you mean? You don't eat no meat. Um, okay. So one thing I just want to say that I've heard as a team <laughs> throughout crying. this long, amazing conversation is the concept. We started with awareness. You went, you started talking about what meditation was to you and you just ended on awareness as well. All in all to be the best you, you can be. I actually think, yes, it's through meditation, but I, I think it's through clarity and awareness. Like if you want more clarity, if you want more awareness, it's not one day you just become like a breathwork monk who just like sits in a corner and like quietly in stillness finds themselves. It's one little addition every single moment at a time. So I think there's been a lot of practical ways here. We've said that you can find your way to start for you to find the best you you can be. You know, whether that's talking to the uni or, um, <laughs> you know, to starting with some light breath work or signing up with you or, you know, insight timer, whatever you're guided to. 
we encourage you to find that path that works. Well, for I'm going to be signing for signing up with Erica. Yes, right you are. After I knew that was coming. Yeah, no, I like it. I think it's a great deal, and I like <laughs> how you speak. So I will be doing it. Yay! I love that. Aww, I'm excited to have you, yeah, and great. I agree. I'm not lying. I think that I think that every day, like Harley said, like start now. Any day is the opportunity to start over. And I think that's what my practice brought me and what it signifies to me the most. Like when I get on my meditation mat in the morning, I have a completely fresh start. The past is in the past. The meditation helps you to release that. And Mm -hmm. I'm currently creating my present and future moment. So I definitely agree. I like that present and future. I love, I love the topic of the present. You could set me off right there. That's something that I always say to myself when I'm talking to my spirits, guides, and angels is allow me to keep my faith and allow me to remain in the present. If I'm ever anxious, it's usually because I'm spiraling into the future. What if this, what if that, what, no, it's just like right now in this present moment, let's take a deep breath together. Love it. No, honestly, you'll start to feel less awkward when things like that happen as you join Erica. Um, Erica, it is literally one of the honors of my life to have you as a friend. I, I I feel the same way about you. Thank you. So that comes with friendship of Vinny because when he, (laughs) when he, and he doesn't even know that I like him this much, but she loves him this much. I go through your, your videos, like back like archives when he said making fun of you saying pecans i will never get over it she made me roll <laughs> over that when he was he just kept being like because guys Vinny just shits on erica when she's like making her plant-based smoothie and i he's shit like, on rachel so it's perfect yeah he's like she's like pecans he's like i'm gonna put my he's pecans like, it's in my oatmeal it's pecans <laughs> one of my favorite humans on the planet um i love you. I honor you. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And I think everyone else will agree after they've heard this, that they need you in their life too. Absolutely. Um, thank you for everything you said. Yeah. Thank you for being here with us. And it's just the first of many, I can tell this is going to be a, an endless trio. We gotta, people are going to want more. Thank you. We could talk for days. I love you both so much. I'm so grateful. And I would love to share a code with your audience. If you would like that for a free month. I was going to say, tell them how to find you. I'll take the code. Okay. So you can find me at incale.xcal on Instagram. My website's evolvedbyerica.com where you can check out one-on-one sessions that I'm offering um, where we come up with a personalized meditation for you based off of whatever it is you're working on or through. Or you can also find and or you can find the membership on there as well. And I will create a code for you guys and we can put it in the in the show notes so that yep. your community Incredible. can access it. You heard it here, www.evolvedbyerica.com. Yes. And created by the way, a parlor. We made Erica's brand. So it's we just, did. it's just an energetic hurricane. All right. Yeah. You guys have to look at it so you could see their beautiful work. I just want every excuse to come back and work with you guys. So we love you. We love you so much. Thank the best you. I love you. Here through Thank meditation. You. We love you over and love out. You. To access your one free month with Erica, use the code MOBXEVOLVE on Erica's website, www.evolvebyerica.com. with a K.com.